Welcome to another episode of Touring the AFC South. I am your host, Mike Patton. And on this episode, we will be talking about a week two matchup of two 0 one one teams. Both they both of them got there, not necessarily the way they wanted to. Both of them probably wanted to win the game, of course, obviously. But, you know, one was ugly and one was, uh, you know, pretty fantastic loss. Uh, that would be the Los Angeles Chargers and the Tennessee Titans. Boy, oh, boy. It's going to be interesting talking about those two teams. But, I, you know, none other than Mr. Nick Hamilton, who I wanted to get bring on to talk about this. Mr. L.A. himself, the hardest working man in L.A. What's going on, Nick? Hey, man, I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, L.A. and across the nation, man. So we, we're definitely getting in step by step. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, we're going to talk about the Chargers and, and the Titans, but we got other things to talk about. Getting off your chest segment, I talk about any and everything that's on my mind. And, you know, I, I, got, a, I got a certain coach from Colorado State on my mind right now. You know, he's talking a little reckless in his little, uh, little show talking about you know you know my mom raised me right to take off my glasses and hat when i'm doing this and that and the other basically directing it right at Deion sanders in colorado and you know it, it, it's amazing how many people are lining up and the complexion of the people that are lining up to say certain things to try to rile up Mr. Sanders, don't they know they just giving him ammunition to wear them out on the field? I mean, Colorado State, y'all just got beat 50 to, what, 16 by Washington State? And I don't think Washington State's better than Colorado. So, really, what are you doing? What are you really, really doing? And the Oregon coach just said something else about uh, Colorado as well, saying what have they done in this conference and things like that. And I'm like, come on, fellas, look. Do, we, do y'all really do y'all really want to fire them up even more to wear y'all out on national TV? Do you really need to do that? I mean, come on. I mean, it just to me, I'm just like, come on, fellas. Y'all really, y'all really trying to make them have a great season, be fired up every single time they see they step on the field because of all the words. And I'm like, you know, I'm just it, it's it's just at some point you got to get over yourselves. You got to stop thinking, oh, well, you know, he's doing something different, so he must be doing something wrong or other thoughts, which I'm pretty sure Nick will probably go into as well in regards to Mr. Deion Sanders and their issues with Mr. Deion Sanders, who, by the way, is 2-0 and probably is going to be 3-0 and after this historic beatdown he's probably going to put on Colorado State on Saturday. You got any thoughts, Nick? <laughs> thoughts? Yeah, I got some thoughts. <laughs> Let me start with Coach Dan Lanning of the University of Oregon Ducks. See, it's like everybody wants to jump in. It's like that that it's like that handicap match when you have an illegal tag partner and he jumps in when the ref ain't looking and gets in a lick and then slides back off the mat and gets back like, what did I do? I didn't do anything. I didn't say anything. What are you talking about? That's exactly what Dan Lanning's going to do the following week. I, I didn't say anything. I was just saying, you know, I was just giving a, a, a critique. He's going to backtrack. He's going to he's going to be do, doing more more back backstrokes than Michael Phelps, uh, because he understands when Colorado gives him, as my man Bomani Jones would say, that beat him down uh, this coming Saturday. He's going to realize, recognize, and analyze that that Coach Prime ain't the dude you want to start having in your, in your jawline. Okay, keep his mouth out your dental. 
And the thing with Colorado is this. I picked Colorado to at least go to a bowl game this year, right? I didn't pick them to, to win the division. I didn't pick them to win the Pac-12, even go to the Pac-12 championship because there were so many um, so many players in a transfer portal. And it takes time to gel. It takes time to build that chemistry. But now I did, not once did I say that Shadur Sanders wasn't a top-notch quarterback. Shadir Sanders has always been that quarterback. He just has a bigger plateau to display his talents on. Remind you, this is a four-star quarterback that's had at least five or six letters from D1 universities before he decided to join his father at Jackson State. And then they transferred over to the University of Colorado uh, and wearing that, that, that Buffalo's logo on their helmet each and every Saturday. So let's not forget that. Also, Coach Prime, and he made a very, very interesting statement. And he said, you know, they don't like it when a black man has confidence and they don't like it where he walks around. He walks it like he talks it. And that's exactly what Coach Prime does. He walks it like he talks it and he talks it like he walks it. He doesn't hold back. He doesn't. And he's right. He has not said anything disparaging against any coaches prior to the game. He has never said anything about the about Sonny Dykes when he when he faced TCU. He didn't say anything against the Nebraska coach, even though the Nebraska coach said something personal about him and his son, by the way. Um, and he also now we have this Colorado State head coach who's a cornball to say the least, because obviously you are you have no soul. See, Coach, even though it's it's Dion Primetime Sanders, and then now he's Coach Prime. The thing about Coach Prime is that he still got that same swag when he was playing football and baseball back in the '90s, and even you know a little bit of the 2000s. That's what they don't like. They can't understand how this man has gone through so much adversity. I'm talking about health-wise with some of the health challenges that he's, he had to unfortunately endure, some of the things that he had to deal with on the personal side. And this man comes with a smile. This man comes with passion. This man comes with purpose and energy. And they can't figure out how they can't, how they're going to get him down. And guess what? You can't get him down because that light, the way that, they, that Deion Sanders walks into a room, he illuminates any room he walks into. He's proven that. He shows that every week. And those kids are taking on his characteristics and his spirit, as it were, when it comes to him coaching them up. He has a great coaching staff, um, and they demand excellence of all of their players. And so they go out there and they fight every week. Are they the most talented on offense and defense? There's some holes in that. But guess what? You would never let they they would never know it because the way they play and the way they fight is as if they are top notch 100 across the board, offense, defense, special teams. And that's exactly how you're supposed to play. So when you have these little distractions like the Colorado State head coach, like the Oregon head coach, you have to you have to you have to pay attention to them. But as as Coach Prime said, hey, it's personal. You just made it personal. And if you had any indication you don't want to make it personal when it comes to Coach Prime and those Colorado Buffaloes. And if I'm Lincoln Riley at USC, I'm not saying a word. I am keeping it G14 classified. I'm not saying anything other than we have profound respect for Coach Prime and the Colorado Buffaloes. It's going to be a great contest. They got some great guys over there. We're going to look to compete at our best. We're going to fight on, and we're going to fight on the victory. And that's all you need to say. Caleb Williams, don't say anything. Anybody, I'm warning USC. I cover USC on a weekly basis. I'm warning USC. Do not say anything. Just go out there and compete. Let your talking be on the field. Don't say nothing. Because if you do, there will be consequences. I actually had Oregon giving Colorado their first loss because it's a you know on the road at Colorado. 
it's going to be a tough place to play. Now they have some added jet fuel in them in them packs, and it might be they might go undefeated until they face USC in Colorado at the end of the month. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, and I'm here for the ride. I'm definitely going to be watching and and waiting on the score because I mean I may be maybe working at the time by the time the game is on. So you know, hey, you know, right? but hey, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what Colorado does to Colorado State and looking forward to seeing what happens when that game is over and Prime walks across that field. Because Prime and walks across that field, it's going to be interesting. I'm taking my glasses off. If I'm Coach Prime, <laughs> I have to agree with Stephen A. I'm taking my hat and my coach and my glasses off and shaking his hand. Good game, Coach. And I'm going to walk off. I agree oh. 100% what Stephen A. said because I think that's exactly what Prime should do. And then when he does his press conference, put his glasses and his hat right back on and finish out the press conference. It's funny how these coaches are coming at Deion Sanders. But if Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, Lincoln Riley, Chip Kelly, Dabo said anything like this, nobody would say a word. They'd be praising him. They'd be like, oh, my God, he has such great positive energy with these kids. That's what you want in a coach. If I'm sitting in a living room, that's the kind of coach I want my kid to play for. But they don't say that when it comes to Deion Sanders. There's a reason for that. And if you know, you know. That is correct. That is correct. Well, you know, like I said, I'm going to be watching that historic beat down. It's going to happen on Saturday. But uh, <laughs> I know, hope they whoop of, their uh, ass. You know, we, woo! Yes, man. I hope they lay the smack down. You know, I, I, I want them to, uh, in the words of a Stone Cold, lay the smack down, uh, stomp a mud hole, walk it dry. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm wanting them to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, you know, moving on to the uh, the actual main thing we came on the show to talk about, what that would be the Los Angeles Chargers and the Tennessee Titans. Now, we're not going to get to that, you know, game right quick, but we do want I do want to go back to the, the Chargers versus the Dolphins. Man, that was an exciting game. Everybody was scoring. Nobody could stop anybody. But that's the thing I want to start talking about. The Chargers are paying Derwin James. They're paying Joey Bosa. They're paying uh, Mac, Khalil Mack. They're paying all these players, paying J.C. Jackson. But they can't stop anybody on defense. I mean, is this just a Dolphins issue, or is this just an issue with this defense under uh, Coach Staley? I think two can two things can be true. First of all, Derwin James played his tail off. If you look at that that play at the end, near the end of the first half where he prevented a touchdown, that was an absolutely incredible, typical Derwin James play because he's just that high level coming into his sixth year, uh, being a vocal leader, one of the vocal leaders of this defense for the Los Angeles Chargers. So I don't blame uh, Derwin James at all. Who, the guys who I do look at, the Joey Bosa's who get had penalties and it cost them yardage when it came to Miami being able to keep the chains moving. Uh, I think Khalil Mack is past his prime. Uh, J.C. Jackson and 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 uh, uh, Mikey Davis got burned like Usher. I mean, when you look at Jalen Waddle, when you look at Tyreek Hill, who had 215 yards and 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 he just burned them at will. It just seemed like Tyreek Hill just said, "Okay, I'm gonna turn the speed on just a little bit and I'm burn past you." And that's exactly what he did, especially in the second half. It was a tell of two halves from my perspective, being there at SoFi Stadium. Last Sunday, it was just a tale of two halves. And I think Miami made adjustments 
Uh, I think Mike McDaniel did an excellent job with his adjustments. I think Tua Tagovailoa responded in a big way, and he showed you why the Miami Dolphins selected him as the quarterback over Justin Herbert in, a, in the draft that happened a few years back. I think when you look at the overall totality of what the offense, the run game, uh, the only the only positive about uh, the Dolphins, excuse me, the Chargers defense was that they prevented the, the Dolphins from, from running the ball effectively. And I think you could take your hat off to that as well if you're the Chargers defense. Um, you know, 20, uh, but the Chargers defense also allowed the Miami offense to have 20 attempts. Uh, excuse me, they had uh, 45 attempts uh, with zero sacks. Zero. Krispy Kreme award when it comes to sacks. Okay? Wow. When you look at the, the and when you look at the positive aspect on the offensive side of the ball, when you look at Justin Herbert and what he's capable of doing, you know, obviously the weapons he has in Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, uh, Austin Eckler, and those boys. But the run game was the most positive performance for the Los Angeles Chargers. I mean, they had a combined between between Austin Eckler and Joshua Kelly had a combined 32 carries for 208 yards. Miami had no answer for that run defense, and that's something. Um, that you can hang your hat on. Now, mind you, Austin Eckler hasn't practiced the last couple of days. He's been dealing with a sore ankle. So we'll see what his his uh, his timetable will be as far as if he's going to be able to participate in the game, if he's going to be able to start in the game. That remains to be seen at this moment. Um, that's going to be a key factor if the Los Angeles Chargers, who go into a hostile environment against the Tennessee Titans, are going to be able to be effective offensively because right now their running game is their best attribute uh, offensively when you look at uh you know the defense like i said those corners man they those corners don't look crisp um right you know they and they, they I, i'm sitting here scratching my head like did the monsters take all their their their, their effectiveness and their energy and their talent away because it was like i said it was a tell of two halves man when it came to the second half the first half they were pretty solid you know, I mean, they had a couple miscues, but I mean, they were, overall in the first half, they were pretty solid. Second half, it was like, what the hell just happened? They just co- looked like this completely came out flat um, and they didn't make adjustments. And the, 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 you mentioned Brandon Staley and the play calling of Brandon Staley continues to remain under investigation because people are trying to figure out what the hell is he calling? And then on offense, where's Kellen Moore? Kellen Moore has been effective offensively. And he's supposed to be opening up this offense where you're you're seeing Justin Herbert launch missiles down the field to Keenan Allen and, and Mike Williams, and even in the short game, you know, dumping dumping passes off to, to Austin Eckler where he could catch out of the backfield and take off, you know, for, for for five, six, seven yards. So when are we gonna see the Kellen Moore effect uh in this season? Maybe we see it in week two against the Titans on the road. No time like the present, because damn it, somebody gotta win. Both teams are, are, are in, the, in, the, in, the, in the loss column. Somebody got to win, but it's about how you win. And what is the, what is the identity of the Los Angeles Chargers? We still, I'm still, I still don't know what the identity of this team is. Right? There were a lot of high expectations. Um, like I said, we know how effective Justin Herbert is. But let's be honest, Justin Herbert flat out got outplayed by Tua Tagovailoa and his offense. Yeah, definitely, definitely did. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm interested just to see, you know, of course, how they bounce back. You know, they're traveling across country, and you know, typically, 
when you hear a West Coast team traveling from, you know, the West Coast to the East Coast, it doesn't necessarily go well all the time. So it'll be interesting to see, but that running game definitely travels. And, you know, I, I will say I was uh, I was surprised how effectively they ran the football against Miami, just how effectively they ran the football in general. And I totally was not expecting that. Was that something that kind of threw you off as well? It didn't throw me off, but I was I was pleasantly surprised. Let me put it that way, just because I, you know, you you, you watch these guys in training camp, you you see them in practice, how they run plays. Obviously, Joshua Kelly has come an extremely long way from the time that he was drafted to where he's becoming an effective running back at the number, you know, as a number two back, uh, being able to be had that one two combo between Eckler and Kelly. Uh, I thought was absolutely fantastic, and I hope that continue. I, I, w- I would like to see that continue, and I think it can continue as long as guys are healthy. Obviously, Austin Eckler has to be healthy uh, enough to be effective, especially with that ankle. Uh, we'll see as we move, as we progress in the days ahead up until Sunday. Uh, but no, it was, it was it was a pleasant surprise. Let me put it that way: uh, how they were they were able to effectively run the ball uh, against the Miami run defense. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely. Again, one of the more entertaining games in week one just didn't go the way of the Chargers. And there's reasons why, of course, obviously. Uh, but, you know, of course, we're going to move from the matchup with the Chargers and the Dolphins. We're going to talk up next, the Chargers and the Titans. But first, we're going to take a quick commercial break on tour in the AFC South with their host, Mike Patton. A shift. A shift is something that happens and changes the dynamics. And that's what happened when Garrett Logistics was born. After 10 years as a sales pro in the logistics world of sporting goods, John Garrett decided to pivot to the world of freight and start a brokerage. So you're saying to yourself, why trust Garrett Logistics? Well, Garrett Logistics helps shippers improve overall workflow, along with increased on-time pickup and delivery percentages. Last-minute loads, multi-drop pickups, and more are part of the services with Garrett Logistics. They're available Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m., and Saturday, 8 a.m. to 12 p.m., all times Central Standard Time. So give them a ring at 615-400-8484. That's 615-400-8484. Or you can email them at john at garrettlogistics.co or visit their website at garrettlogistics.co. Garrett Logistics, where the motto is, it's not just freight to us, it's your business. And we are back from commercial break. And before we went to break, I kind of teased talking about the Chargers and the Titans. And boy, oh boy, it's going to be an interesting battle. We're going to start with talking about the Chargers offense versus the Titans defense. Now, the Chargers ran the football well going into, you know, week one, they ran the football well. and But in, the, in this game, they will actually be facing a team that is susceptible to giving up the big play in the passing game. Now, last year, they were ranked 32nd against the pass, which is, which is really, really bad. It's the last of the league. Uh, this year, of course, they started out, they gave out uh, maybe five or six big plays, and that's just statistically being 20 plays over 20 yards or more. However, they did give up a couple plays or even actually 19 yards. So if you want to throw that in there, they gave up almost 10 plays of 20-plus yards or more. So that's going up against Justin Herbert with all these weapons and Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. You got Donald Perham, a tight end. I mean, you got all these different weapons. Josh Palmer you want to throw in. You got Johnston, the rookie from TCU. All these weapons. And the, 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 the Chargers ought to be licking their chops going into this week, wouldn't you think? 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, when you when you talk about that explosive, and mind you, you have Kellen Moore as your offensive coordinator, somebody who's going to be able to expand the offense, to open it up, as it were, to be able to be fluid as you continue to move the chains and get into the end zone to score and score often. When you talk about this team, when I look at this team, first of all, let's look at the O-line. The O-line has definitely been solid as it pertains to holding up uh, enough where Justin Herbert can't get the ball off in time or be able to hand the ball off in time and create those gaps and those spaces where either Eckler or Kelly can be able to get that yardage. But also at the same time, I have to look at the effectiveness and the willingness for what I'm waiting for is the fact of can Mike Williams stay healthy? I've often called him the Anthony Davis of football. This dude can sit down and get hurt. This guy can sit on the bench wrong and get hurt, unfortunately. That's just what his, his his career has been thus far. Even when I spoke with him during training camp, hey, man, has anything changed for you to be to prevent injury? Because, you know, you have been injured quite some time. He was like, no. I said, you know, is it nutrition? Is it just stretching? Is it, hell, man, you got, do I need to sign you up for some yoga classes? Like, what's what's going on? Uh, but he said he, 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 st- he was steadfast. said, no, I just have to make sure I stay healthy and make sure I do what I'm supposed to do to stay on the field. And I'm determined to stay on the field. And I hope he does because he's an extreme talent. You talk about 50-50 balls, this kid can flat out jump out the gym, jump off the field. He's a 70-30-80-20 guy when it comes to 50-50 balls. So if I'm Justin Herbert, I'm third and long, third and six, third and three, I'm going to go extend the yardage. I'm throwing, I'm looking at Mike Williams. I'm also looking at a veteran like Keaton Allen who knows who's patient, who can, who, who sees what he needs to see on the field to be able to, to extend yards after the catch. You talk about Quentin, Quentin Johnston. I think that kid is absolutely speedy. I think the one thing he has to continue to work on is route running ability, uh, but I think he definitely has talent, and I think that will come in time. The one thing if you're the Tennessee Titans defense is what you want to focus on and maybe zero in on is Austin Eckler's ability to catch out of the backfield and go after yards. That is the one thing that you're gonna that, that can burn you all day long because Austin Eckler is very effective with that. Um, He's been doing it for quite some time. He's been very effective. And and today's running back pretty much constitutes that when you're looking at the average running back, you need to be able to catch run and somewhat block to be able to stay on a, on a team and become that, that RB one as it were to be effective for your offense. And then Austin too, I would like to see Justin Herbert. And I think this is the thing with Justin Herbert to me. I think he has, I think he has really solid field vision. I think Justin Herbert is tall enough. He hits those tall targets. Um, but at the same time, he's going to be able to be have to be a little bit more creative. And I think that's what Kellen Moore, him and Kellen Moore, have to get together, be a little bit more creative when it comes to the rush, when it comes to blitzing, uh, because you know that Tennessee, that defense will be blitzing at you know early on to see what type of quarterback they're facing, especially in that first quarter. Um, but when I look at, like you said, you mentioned, you know, uh, uh, the tight ends, you mentioned you know, the wide receivers, you mentioned the running back. This is a, this is a, a, a offense that if I'm playing Matt, bro, I'm scoring. It's 21 zip. You're giving up the sticks. This is that type of potential that this offense really has if I can drive that home, right? So you're on the road. You're looking for your first win. You got a team that's also looking for their first win at home. Um, it's going to be, it's, it's definitely going to, it, it could get dicey. And I can I can see something similar to what we saw against the Miami Dolphins, where it comes down to the last two or three plays, uh, who has the ball and who's going to be the most effective in the ball with the ball rather in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. Um, one thing you did mention is uh, the solid offensive line for the Chargers. And now, 
for the Titans, the strength defensively is their defensive front. You know, they run a three-four front, so you have outside linebackers and, and defensive linemen. Of course, Jeffrey Simmons is in there. You have Danico Autry. Those two are probably the most underrated pair of defensive linemen in the NFL, in my opinion. Then you have Arden Key, who had one and a half sacks last week, and Trevor Penning is still having nightmares about him in New Orleans. Uh, you have Harold Landry on the other side. You have Rashad Weaver, you have Caleb Murphy, who had 22 and a half sacks in college. Doesn't matter if it's Division One, Division Two. 22 and a half sacks is 22 and a half sacks. So you have all those different players in there. I think to me, it's going to be a challenge for the Chargers' offensive line to keep Justin Herbert clean, especially with all those guys coming in waves at you. Yeah, I think so. I think it's going. To, it's definitely going to be like I said. It's going to be a battle. Um, I think guys are gonna have to be very assertive in how they do it and not be not pick up penalties. That's gonna be the key too. You cannot be driving and then have penalties holding, but you know, face mask. You cannot and then and then push which puts you further back. So now you gotta gain that yardage and then some just to keep the chains moving. You have to be out there on third, you have to com- complete third downs. You have to be able to keep the to, to keep the ball in play and keep that. If you're trying to win this game, I think you're going to have to wear down that Titans defense. The longer you're on the field, the more you're going to wear down that defense of the Titans until the fourth quarter where they start be getting a little gassed. And if you start to see them hang, you know, hanging over, now you've got them where you want them, especially if you're up, let's say, by three, three points or even a touchdown. Now you have an opportunity to get yourself some breathing room and go down and score, whether it's a field goal or, or a touchdown. But you cannot afford with penalties, and I think penalties also hurt the Chargers last week uh, against the Miami Dolphins, and they can't afford to have that again. If you're the Chargers' defense, you, I mean, you talked about Joey Bosa. You talked about uh, who put on 20, 20 pounds of muscle. That needs to come in handy, Joey. Uh, when you talk about, you know, Kenneth, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, Khalil Mack. Uh, but you also look at these other the other defensive guys too. You got Kenneth Murray Jr. You got Eric Kendricks, who's very cerebral, who pretty much directs traffic with that defense. That's a guy you're going to have to pay attention to if you're the Titans' offense, because you're going to have to. We all know how great Derrick Henry is. We know King Henry is going to be able to to get his touches and be able to bulldoze his way through those lines and get the yards that he needs to get. I, I would expect the Tennessee Titans, unlike last week against the New Orleans Saints. Where you only when he only had 15 carries uh, for about 63 yards, I believe. Uh, That's correct. I'm 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 expecting Derrick Henry to get the ball way more this week against that Chargers defense and really punish that Chargers defense if he can. I expect to get him for him to get over 100 yards this week uh, because he's just that talented. I mean, you can't stop him uh, when he's when he's in the zone. He's locked in. You're getting him the ball in those tight situations. Derrick Henry is an absolute beast. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely was kind of uh, thrown off with the 15 carries, uh, definitely, and of course switching over to the the defense for the Chargers. But you know, I definitely expect him to get. You know, he had over 100 total yards if you want to count screen so screen passes and you know stuff like that. But still, he's got to get over uh, more than more than 15 carries in my opinion. Uh, but you know, they do have a guy named Tajay Spears who they like as well. And he actually, honestly, he could have had a touchdown, but Ryan Tannehill throws it, throws it a little off. And then, of course, it was another touchdown that could have been there, but uh, with uh, Chick Aquanku was running wide open, overthrows him. So this week, I would say 
the running game to the play action. Ryan Tannehill, relax, breathe. Look at your uh, – the thing that I, I would say that actually uh, – and, and Teron Davenport, who uh, covers the team for ESPN, he talked about it. He said he did not look comfortable in the pocket, like he was still thinking about his ankle that he injured last year. And it was kind of like he wouldn't – you know, it, those type of different things. So, And I kind of looked back at it, and I could see it. So he's got to, you know, at least be somewhat comfortable in the pocket. I'm not saying he's a great quarterback when he's comfortable in the pocket or not. I'm just saying – He's got to be at least somewhat more efficient than he was last week compared to, you know, this week. I mean, does Ryan Tannehill ever look comfortable in the pocket uh, under center for that matter? I mean, Ryan Tannehill has made some really questionable decisions. Not, I'm not I'm just talking about last week. I'm talking about last season. And to me, the, real, the thing that's really hindered the Tennessee Titans is the quarterback play. I mean, you know this better than I would because you constantly you cover them. You do a great job analyzing them, breaking them down. When is Tennessee really going to get a quarterback that's going to be sustainable? Sustainable, excuse me. Because when I look at you, you talk about Taj, who I think is a, who I think he could flat out play. You talk about Derrick Henry, who I think we, we all know how great Derrick Henry is. I don't see anything complimentary to that at the quarterback position. Mike Tannehill is just to me. They have made him a starter, but Tannehill is he really a starter in your eyes? I mean, he can be solid, but he just he hey he can't he's not a guy that basically can drop back and just pass the football. He needs the play action to be uh, extremely the best to, to be most effective. He needs the play action to basically you know make it happen. He can't do it. He can't do it for stretches on his own. Basically, I mean he 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 shows flashes, and I think that's probably the most frustrating for Titan fans sometimes because I've, I've talked to a, t- a couple of Titan fans and they were like, dude, he shows flashes. Like, we know what he could be absolutely capable of. It's just the consistency. Is it the consistency when it comes to Tannehill, especially in those pressure situations, those third and long, those, those you know, uh, uh, situations where you're in, the, and you're in the red zone and you got to make sure you score? Because right. that's what I see. That's what I've noticed with right, Tannehill. Right, I mean, yeah, yeah, you're on point with that in terms of uh, you know the pressure situations coming through. Of course, uh, many Titans fans unfortunately still can still think about the Cincinnati game from a couple of years ago as well. So you know that's that's a, a, another thing there. But you know, if I'm the Chargers defense, I zero in on Tannehill. Why? Because he played like absolute trash last week against the New Orleans Saints. The man had a 28.8 QBR. Okay, here's the thing with that, right? The dude didn't even crack 30. The man didn't even crack 30 in the QBR. There are backup quarterbacks that have cracked 30 on their QBR when they got in the games. And you're the starter? And this is the dude, this is, as as as, as my man Nas once said to Ethan, this is the man you name your company after? Like, this is the dude that you want to carry your team and think you're going to get somewhere? I mean, what, six what was it? Excuse me. 16 for 34. I mean, it was a rough performance. Yeah, very oh. much. Three, three interceptions. Three picks. Yeah. I'll, I'll say this. I'm watching the picks, and I'm like, you know, one of the picks, I'm like, okay, well, I know what you were thinking, but no. Uh, the other pick, I'm like, okay, you're throwing it up to DeAndre Hopkins, but the thing is, he's covered. So that was a bad decision. And then the and other you one. Didn't- the other one with, with Andre Dillard, and what happened was I looked at it, he couldn't really step into the throw, but still it wasn't necessarily open anyway. 
This opinion. is what I'm saying. The, the decision making, Dillard. You got DeAndre Hopkins, who you didn't get the ball enough to, in my estimation, which I believe that that will probably change in week two against the Chargers. But hell, if I'm Derwin James, I'm licking, I'm I'm hungry as a lion looking for that rare steak. Cause let me tell you something. I'm playing Ryan Tannehill and I'm Derwin James, and I'm watching the film of what the New Orleans Saints defense was able to carve up on Ryan Tannehill. Oh Lord, no. Our defense has to be much better than the New Orleans Saints defense. Oh, no, we're coming out there with at least two, three picks, if not four, because they have the capability of doing so with that defense. The secondary got to step up. J.C. Jackson got to stop slouching on defense. Listen, Michael Davis needs to make sure that – I don't know if he had to run some wind sprints this week to get his speed up. I don't know if he had to get on that treadmill. I don't want the treadmill that, that tells how many miles per hour you run. Maybe he need to get on that a little bit more. I don't know, maybe lighten up his cleats. I don't, I, I don't know what he needs to do. Maybe – I don't know what he, what he needs to do to get that speed up. That's what you need to do, because uh, that was absolutely the secondary. The secondary needs to step their game up big time. Not named Derwin James. I hear you there. I hear you there. It'll be an interesting matchup for sure between the Titans and the Chargers. And you know, there's been plenty of matchups here. I'll definitely be there checking it out. Uh, checking it out for my my own eyes as well, seeing what all happens. But it's gonna be interesting. But of course, we have reached the end of the show, but we have not reached the true end of the show. There's a game at the end of the show. There's five questions, two answers, and one choice. Could be sports, could be something totally <laughs> not about sports. All right, man, lay it on. Let's All do right. it, man. All right, first one, Magic or Kobe? Who are you taking first? Kobe. Your first overall pick. Okay, Kobe. Kobe. Okay, we got uh, albums. Okay, we got The Chronic. Or doggy style, one album to pick. Which one are you going with? The Chronic. And if you've ever heard it on vinyl, it sounds even more of a masterpiece. And I love Doggy Style. I think Doggy Style is an absolute classic, but The Chronic is what it set it all off. Okay. All right. Next Friday or Friday after next, which sequel of Friday was better? Neither. Next. <laughs> I love right. Next Friday. I, I can tolerate Next Friday. I, let me be honest. I can tolerate Next Friday. After I watched the original Friday, I usually pop in next Friday, and it was pretty cool. But Friday after next, terrible. <laughs> and I love Ice Cube, man. I love Ice Cube, but damn it, it, it no win to say win. <laughs> All right. You got to pick one wide receiver, Terrell Owens or Randy Moss? Or Terrell Owens. I'm sorry. Let me say Terrell before you, you know. Let me say Terrell. I'm sorry. Hey, straight cash, homie. Randy Moss. <laughs> All right. Last one, Randy's donut, Randy's donuts, or Roscoe's chicken and waffles. Which one is more of a staple of LA to you? Ooh, I'm gonna say Randy's donuts. Every time I pass by Randy's donuts, it's a line like they going into the club. So I'm gonna have to say, by a slight margin, I'm gonna have to say Randy's donuts. But there is a line. It depends on which Roscoe's you go to. Now you know certain Roscoe's you can't be going to. So it depends on which right. one. Right. Yeah, now so I went to the one in the. I went to the one in Inglewood. That was the one I went to when I was out there. Yeah, they, they, they depend on time of day. They can be a little sketchy too, but you know it's a little bit better. But yeah, I, I'm gonna have to say Randy on the safe side. I'm gonna have to say Randy's. Okay, all right. That's five questions, two answers, and one choice. You're off the hot seat. We have reached the end of the show. Nick Hamilton, Nightcast Media. Thank you for coming on. Tell everyone where they can find you on social media and what all you're up to. Hey man, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Congratulations on the success of this show, man. I'm proud of you. 
you out here doing your thing. You took the bull by the horns, and you definitely dragging it through the ring. So I'm proud of you, man. Uh, you can catch me on Instagram at Nick Hamilton LA. You can catch me on X, Twitter, whatever it's called these days at Nick Hamilton two one three. Also follow us at NightcastMedia.com. Uh, we have sports, entertainment, culture, tech, all rolled into one for you. And also check me out every Tuesday live. 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, Sirius XM, Channel 145, The NH Experience, with yours truly, producer extraordinaire Jake Warner. We make sure the audio and the sound is so tight. First lady of the show, Jackie Ray. Uh, we get together, we mix it up on a bunch of topics. And if you miss out, guess what? You can take us with you. We're available on all streaming platforms. That's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mr. L.A., it was in the house tonight. <laughs> all right thank you everyone for tuning in of course during the ASC south you can find it on youtube hello everybody you can also find it on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, and uh you know amazon wherever you listen to your music you can find this podcast and also uh you can find me on the artist formerly known as twitter you like that one right you know oh the prince but the artist formerly known as twitter you can find me Mike Patton 82 that's M-I-K-E-P-A-T-O-N 82 and you can find me on Instagram and threads at the T-H-A not T-H-E underscore general underscore M-P thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Touring the AFC South I am your host Mike Patton we're out peace